This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Please welcome Drew Barrymore. And if you're here with us in the audience, thank you for showing up. If you're watching on the go, on the run, at home, wherever you are in the world, we make this show for you. And I hope we have a fantastic hour, because that's what you deserve. And it all starts with a heaping pile of good news, something I think we all need right now. And it's there. So you want to hit the headlines? For Drew's News, the only news with an ulcer-free guarantee. Uh-huh. And with me at the desk is my human tum 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 tums, <laughs> Rossi Ross Matthew. Hi, Tom Tom. Yeah. You are human medicine. Thank you. I love you so much. I love you, Drew. How's your day going? <laughs> so far, so good. How about you? I got really weird bad news and then really good news. And I was like, that's so life. Oh, God, right? Like balance. The, ah, yeah. You yeah. know, uh-huh. that's how my morning's been. Yeah, good. So we're good. Yeah, right? we're great. All right, great. Bring it on. Well, um, speaking of ah, Harry Styles is set to hit the Coachella stage again this next oh, weekend. Yes. Because he already nailed it this past weekend. Marie Claire reports that Harry brought out a surprise guest pop icon Shania Twain. And they both dressed up in head-to-toe sequins. They sang, they sang, man, I feel like a woman, which is a great title, because it includes everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and Harry revealed that he listened to so much Shania with his mom in the car growing up. He says that Shania taught him how to sing, gave him amazing memories with his mom, and also taught him men are trash. (laughs) Harry's album coming out called Harry's House is uh, about to drop, but his first single has already broken records as it got 16 million streams in its first 24 hours on Spotify. Yeah, I, yeah. (laughs) I think, I think I was responsible for like a million of those. I love 
Harry Styles. He's so talented. And then he brings out Shania Twain. Well, that do impress me much. Thank you so much. I love, <laughs> I love Shania Twain. And you know, Coachella, have you guys ever been to Coachella? Me either. Uh, wait. <laughs> it, uh, yeah. sounds, it sounds like so much. I live in Palm Springs when I'm not here in That's New York. That's right, you're so adjacent. Totally, and you can hear the thump, thump, thump of it going on, and meanwhile, <laughs> I'm like pouring a Pinot Grigio on ice by the pool because it is too much for me. But Harry Styles might just bring me out. I, I, I love how I said Harry Styles might bring me out. Well, honey, I'm already out, but you know what I mean. You are out. You know what I mean. If anyone could do it again. All right, well, next. Now, you actually found this next story, Drew, and it shows that nightlife is looking a little different these days. Who, I'd love a night out, right? Are you guys in the mood to go out again, have a fun night? I like that. I like this spirit. Yeah. I feel like I'm always alone on my couch. I need to, like, kibitz with other people and hear that cheer because it is very motivating. It absolutely is. And now it's a whole new game out there. New York Times reports New Yorkers are ditching the clubs and gamifying their hangouts. Yeah, Royal Palms in Gronus, Brooklyn offers wall-to-wall -wall shuffleboard courts. Thank you very much. I love shuffleboard. Uh, Union Hall over in Park Slope, they have bocce ball. I love bocce. You love bocce. I do. I built a court in my house, it turns out if you have plywood and some gravel, bocce court, that's easy. it. It's so easy. And then the Uncommons, a bar in the village, has an epic board game collection. So you come for the tater tots, stay for the guess who. And I, in Palm Springs, there are a bunch of bars that have like oversized Connect Four, oversized Jenga. Every Saturday I play bingo. Ugh. I know. Like you went to Studio 54, I go to Studio Connect Four. <laughs> that's kind of. <laughs> That's my jam. But would you do this, play games in the bars? Yeah, there's actually a great bar in New York. It's like a rec room. It used to be called the Fat Cat. Does anyone, has anyone ever been to the Fat Cat? Mm-mm. Yes, thank you. <laughs> we probably saw each other there. <laughs> what was the Fat Cat? What it's it? like a rec room. It's like a concrete basement and they have shuffleboard and ping pong and pool tables and board games. And there's like, literally the bar is a fridge. It's so cool. I think they just changed their name um, to Cellar Dog. I don't know if it's under new ownership. Mm. Um, but I've always enjoyed uh, activities while partying. Mm -hmm. It's like, instead of just staring at each other and, you know, talking, which I'm into that too. Totally. I love an activity. So this story spoke to me as like, gaming is, is, is now acceptable for nightlife. And I've always been there and I'm just like, Good. Me too. All right, next. Um, as the last three months have shown us how yeah. difficult times are, people will find a way to help each other. So this story really spoke to me. People reports one Missouri mom named Wendy Farrell sprung into action to help 31 children at an orphanage in Ukraine get safely to Poland. Her journey started from a personal place because she adopted a daughter from Ukraine in 2013 named Alana. And that inspired her to start a nonprofit called One U Project dedicated to supporting other children like her daughter, Alana. Yeah, and now Wendy and a team from her nonprofit traveled to Poland themselves to welcome the children and help them get set up with a room and board and enroll them in school and their new temporary home. This is amazing. You it's think amazing. about what we can do to help. That's exactly how I felt. I saw her story. So if you go to our website at thedrewbarrymoreshow.com and you'd like to support her, we are doing the same over here. And thank you so much for what you do. Yeah. And now we're going to go.
commercial break, but do not go away because we have a very special guest. Um, we've actually newsed with him um, on the show yeah. before via Zoom when we were at the height of the pandemic, but in real life, he is the kind, the hilarious, the wonderful Ben Schwartz, everybody. Yeah. That's right. Ben. With me and Ross, you were the meat. I was the you meat were. In the Zoom sandwich. Yeah, yeah. You were. I was very honored to be the meat. We have so much to talk about. I can't wait. Um, I brought my letters. Did you bring your letters? I brought a letter right here. Look oh, at this. really? All right. Well, we're going to get into all of that right after commercial break. And your new movie, Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh. The NCAA women's basketball had an incredibly successful season, and now your favorite players from the 2023 to 2024 NCAA season will be in the WNBA. To all our veteran fans, welcome back. And to all the new fans joining, welcome to the W. This season, watch as proven legends Brianna Stewart, Asia Wilson, and Sabrina Ionescu continue their dominance, while rookies Caitlin Clark, Cameron Brink, and Angel Reese prove themselves on a WNBA court. The WNBA is redefining basketball on their own terms this season, keeping the game and players front and center while celebrating the intersection of identities and perspectives that align with fans. Welcome to the W. You're in for some world-class basketball. I don't know how you got back, but you made a big mistake coming here. Oh, contraire, mon frere. The mistake was thinking you'd won. I get it. <laughs> I don't think you do, but you're about to. And so will that idiot sheriff and his wife. And your little dog, too! You can feel how kind every, everybody's so nice and ready to applaud and be. Look, everybody's going like this. You yeah. can't see it. Uh, you have an oh, incredible I, crowd. Well, Both they're just so excited crowd. to see you because Sonic 2 had the biggest box office opening ever for a video game turn. What a transition! Wow. I used to play it. I, I used to play Sega. Were you a big Sega fan? I was. So I had a Super Nintendo and David Fernandez, because you never could have both. No. David Fernandez had a Genesis. So I'd uh -huh. play at his house, uh -huh. uh, a Sonic, and then at my house, it'd be Super Nintendo. And now fast forward, and you're in the movie. It's crazy. Did you feel that pressure? Where should, should I be here in a swivel? Yeah, that's okay. good. Yeah, <laughs> that's why find, it is a swivel. I don't want to be rude and over the shoulder. <laughs> so Although it's so striking over it's the very, shoulder. Like, yeah, ask me a quick question, Drew. Um, ben, how are you today? Very good. Thank you. I, um, I think I should lead with my head and then follow. Like that's it. what I'll do. I'll lead with my head and then follow. I so think I'm not that's trying smart. to be rude to anybody. But yes, the opening weekend is very exciting. And also, so I've never been in a movie of this stature before, and they give you all these numbers. Another number they said is it's Jim Carrey's biggest domestic opening weekend ever, which is crazy because wow. he's like the king. And there you are with him. Yeah. Um, well, I 
have letters, because the last time you were on, we talked about, I do a segment here on this show called Dear Drew, which we do a zip code of the day. And sometimes in this modern world, I want to drop a technological mic and you know beam people in Star Trek style. But I also want to harken back to like the gentleness mm -hmm. of you know the television that we all grew up on. And I love snail mail. And you came on, and we discovered this about each other, and became pen pals. Yeah, I have typewriters. I love ty I love using the reason why I love typewriters is you can use them the same exact way you use them like. 70 years ago. I'm using the same exact device as someone did 70 years ago, and I love writing people letters. And I believe, Drew, it was you who got a letter from E.T. And look, I got an ALF And he sent an ALF too. playing card from the 90s as well. I'm not going, I'm not getting spin on it. Look at like how cool this is. I'm sorry, but like, this is not a text. I will say this, because you're obviously, you're very busy, both of you are very busy. I wasn't expecting a letter back. Drew wrote me back a five-page handwritten letter uh, back, and it was amazing. And like went into detail and put your heart into it, and then like played with the bit that you're responding to ET, but yes. then also as a, as a human being talking to a human being. Yes. Uh, yes. But there's ET was very he was on one one day. This was this was him. <laughs> he was a little naughty. On this is so cute. I remember you guys saying you're going to write each other and you actually follow through with yeah. I know, what are the odds of people following through I with don't know, things? but is it time for another letter? It could be. Continue our pen palling? I have a feeling E.T. has a lot more to say to Drew Barrymore. Yeah. Well, Gertie's around. Gertie so. is around, yeah. Um, ben, would you like to hit some headlines with us? I would want nothing more than to hit some headlines. Come on. Thank you. Take it away, Ben. First up. A story from Thrillist, they are reporting that Spice Fusion, a tasty little spot in Kent, England, has a new promo offer, exclamation point. <laughs> there is a tiny phone jail provided at every table, and if everyone in your party locks up their phone at dinner, you get 20% 20, 20 off, and that's 20% off apps, entrees, drinks, the whole shebang, everything. They're calling it the dinner is better when we eat together promotion. I love this. Yeah. I, I yeah, you love went in. You went I, in. I love this. I <laughs> love this. I love this so much. The well. idea of being at dinner oh. and not, I, I, uh, when we're all on our phones, I feel like we don't get to connect and all that stuff. So I love the idea of putting our phones in a little thing and talking. I'm, I, and to get 20% off, oh my goodness, two things I love. So it's like, I'm into this. Would you do it? I, I, so um, I went to um, a, a thing recently. Should I say what it was? Yes. Okay, it was we'll bleep it out in post. We'll bleep okay. it out in post. It was a Madonna event, and it was very intimate and small. And of course, I was like, let's, okay, so you get there, and they lock your phone up in a thing, and they don't give it to you. They're like, no, put it in, and we'll give it to you when you, when you leave. And you're like, okay. Great, good, yes, thank you. I, I, I mean, how many times have you done that when you're at dinner with someone and you're like, oh my God, I'm putting my phone down, I'm sorry. And then 30 seconds later, you're like, but I just want to check Insta. I do it all the time. And I feel like this would give me major anxiety. This is the only way you could get me to skip dessert. If you had to like, <laughs> you can have it when the meal's over, I'd like rush through. But I love the sentiment of this, you know, like we're all sitting down, we should be looking each other in the eye, we should be communicating, we should be forgetting about the rest of the world. So I love it in theory, in practice it gives me anxiety. Can I see a show of hands of who, you know, and remember we get a discount here, <laughs> who would be game for this? Raise of hands. This is amazing. Um, I don't know, maybe, what if people started doing this even at home? 
You know, is there some yes. sort of incentive yes. like at home? Phones can, down. Phones down. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love I, a phones down. I love a phones down. All right. Well, next up, we got news on the science of laughter. This is interesting. Oh. The BBC reports a new study proves that laughter from a studio audience or even canned laugh tracks can actually make jokes funnier. This is something that sitcoms have known for years. And now a study played some real, real groaner dad jokes for their subjects. And when they paired it with laughs, the jokes actually rated as funnier. Um, so guess what? I have some of those jokes oh, right yeah. here. Yeah. I have, love a dad joke. Do we have joke. a laugh track? We have a laugh track. Now these are not good jokes, you understand? But they're gonna be funny, cause listen, ready? How about this? Why can't you give Elsa a balloon? Cause she'll let it go. Cause she'll just let it go. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's a kid's Cute. joke. I know that one. But listen, did you hear the laugh track? I, I, this, I, psychologically speaking, this feels understandable. Totally. How like a cacophony of laughter could envelop you and kind of pick you up and get you swept up in it. Well, it's like when you watch sitcoms. Remember Cheers always said, Cheers is taped in front of a live studio yeah, audience, yeah, yeah. right? And like the laughter at home helps sell, sell the jokes. And, and better when you're on stage, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> oh, it made I like it. Yeah, it made you laugh. Oh my God. I find it so spooky. I hated that. That's not scary to anybody else. Cause it's it, fake. It sounds like people from the 60s trapped in a room being forced to laugh. <laughs> It like, play it one more, wait, play it, well, I'm gonna say a dramatic, just listen how it's all so spooky. Um, actually, uh, I'm sorry, but your, um, your father is in the hospital. <laughs> That's terrifying. Sure. I hate that, don't you want to laugh? Listen how live, like, you can respond to these humans laughing. Yeah, it's not good, like, it's funny, it works if you say a punchline, but if you say, like, I have a weird rash. <laughs> Right, the dad the in the hospital, I laughed. Because yeah. I always laugh at naughty things or yeah. when you're not supposed to laugh. I feel like I have my own personal nightmare laugh track that I can't control. And it's like coming out. It's like, if I am somewhere where I'm not supposed to laugh, I'm like constantly holding that laugh track inside. Oh yeah, yeah. Or if somebody tells me horrible news, I'm like, oh God, I, it's uncomfortable. Uh -huh. And I, the first thing I want to do is laugh because it's the wrong response. Yes. Yeah. So I just, I have someone inside of me with like a pitchfork, mm -hmm. you know, just gunning for me to laugh. I, I relate to that laugh track. I would really like to have a button that controls that laugh track. So if I'm ever out here one day and a joke doesn't go over, I can just be like, there you go. All right, well, we have to go to a quick commercial break and we will be right back with Ben Schwartz. It's three o'clock somewhere. Time for a My Mochi ice cream snack. My Mochi ice cream is cool, creamy scoops of premium ice cream wrapped in sweet, pillowy dough. And get this. All of My Mochi's fabulous flavors, like strawberry, mango, double chocolate, and cookies and cream, are only around 80 calories per piece. Talk about a guilt-free, indulgent experience. Each box of My Mochi ice cream has six perfectly portioned, gluten-free mochis that are great for grab-and-go. So feel good while curbing your afternoon cravings, or the midnight munchies, yeah. You know who you are with the joyfully chill sensation of My Mochi ice cream. Find My Mochi ice cream at Target or visit MyMochi.com to locate a grocery store near you. Oh, 
Thank you. Next up. If you like drinking beers in the buff, check out this pub <laughs> in England. Food and Wine reports a naturist, aka nudist club in the UK called Nothing on Events. They just had its first pub outing at the Royal Oak in Surrey. People were encouraged to gather en natural for brews in the nude. No shirt, no shoes, no problem. <laughs> so this is a bar where people, wait, so a nudist colony is like, let's all get drunk together, that's our thing? <laughs> Is that what it is? I, I think it, this is a no-go for me. I'm sorry, I, but I'm not showing you my pale ale at this pub. Uh, it's not check, happening. And also, this is specifically at a bar. Like, I don't want to be nude anywhere in public, but I certainly don't want to be nude and sitting on a bar Where stool. Do you, sit? you know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. It's like, uh, 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 Oh, you put a uh, napkin uh, down, maybe? Yeah, yeah, sure. A doily. A napkin down. <laughs> not for me. Would you do it? No. No. No, I would not. What do if you it. knew there was no cameras, no one could ever record it? It's just you and six of your closest friends. <laughs> well, ironically, listen, I went to a nightclub back in the day. My friend um, John would do this comedy act. He was Dick Haney, the world's worst comedian. And all he did was tell bad jokes. And there was this club called the Blue Angel. And I decided to get naked and walk around him. And this was in the 90s, so it was cell phone free and you could get away with stuff like that. So I don't judge it, but now I could never. So I weirdly, I mean, I don't know. I, but I, listen, I'm not judging. I just couldn't do it now. No, I'm no judge either. If you guys want to go to this British pub with your bangers and mash hanging out. <laughs> oh, yes. Nuts. I love the idea that it exists. I love the idea that people are happy from it. Well, and it was because of that Blue Angel story that David Letterman's producer somehow found out about it through word, because again, there was no internet, no cell phones, and that was the story they asked me to tell, which then prompted me to get on Letterman's desk and do my thing. So, I don't know. I say, that you know what? That was due to that? Yes! Oh my wow. goodness. Yes, and I had no idea what I was doing. I was just so wild and free. So, you know, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> wow, it changed a 180 immediately. I guess that's why I wanted to figure it out. You know, different different strokes, different folks. You know <laughs> I, mean? I get it. Um, all right, well, listen. Clothes or nude, Ben Schwartz, you are the most amazing <laughs> gentleman. It is just so fun to hang out with you. I've never seen you naked, so I wouldn't know, but if we were to. It's basically this. I've seen it. I look like, yeah, it's the same. I look like naked, I look like uh, Beaker from Bunsen and Beaker and the Muppets. <laughs> it's basically what I look like. I don't know Beaker that well. Well, I would Statler and Waldorf that nice. anytime and do commentary. All right, I appreciate it. Um, ben, you are the greatest. Sonic the Hedgehog 2 is in theaters everywhere. I went with my kids. We had the best time. It's such a good movie. There will be a third, and I'm happy that you broke records with it. Congratulations. Thank well done, you. Sir. Good to see you in T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Over here. 
plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. There's always room for dessert. Here's a sweet idea just for you. Hey, hey, Drew, it's Marlon Shotland with Urban Bliss Life. And today, I'm gonna show you how to make these easy and oh-so-adorable mini pecan pies. First, spray a mini muffin pan with non-stick cooking spray or grease each of the cup openings with butter. Set the pan aside and start on the crust. These mini pecan pies start with either store-bought refrigerated pie crust or your favorite homemade pie crust recipe. Roll out the pie crust and use a round cookie cutter to cut out circles. You should end up with anywhere from 15 to 18 circles. Gently push each pie dough circle into a mini muffin cup, pressing the dough along the sides as well. If you accidentally create a hole in the crust while doing this, simply push the dough together until there are no holes. Next, sprinkle the chopped pecans into each cup, just enough until the pecans almost reach the top of each opening. This will be about one tablespoonful. In a large bowl, whisk together the brown sugar, corn syrup, vanilla, egg, egg white, and salt. Spoon about two teaspoons of this filling over the pecans into each muffin cup. Bake the mini pecan pies at 350 degrees Fahrenheit for 18 to 20 minutes, just until the tops are slightly puffed up and the tops and sides of the crust are golden brown. Remove from the oven and allow the mini pies to cool in the pan for about five minutes before carefully lifting each mini pie out of the pan. These mini pecan pies are a great make-ahead party dish since you can eat them warmed up and they're just as delicious served at room temperature. Happy baking! I'm going to be thinking about that all day long. Graduation is a sweet occasion, but finding the perfect gift can be a bitter struggle. MMS.com has a solution. Personalized M&Ms. Just imagine the look on your grad's face when they receive a custom candy creation featuring their school's colors, name, and even their photo printed right on some M&Ms. It's a thoughtful way to celebrate their accomplishments and make the occasion even more special. Visit MMS.com to create your own personalized gifts and party favors for graduations, weddings, birthdays, and more. That's MMS.com. Use code WONDERY to receive 15% off your next order. Welcome back. You may think that you know all the details of our next guest's life. Lorena Bobbitt has become a household name as a result of her marriage to John Wayne Bobbitt and what happened that infamous night. But today, known by her maiden name, Lorena Gallo, um, she's gonna come here and open up to us and we're gonna have an amazing conversation. Um, the story is not over for her, it is not over for any of us. There is no ending like a movie. Real life keeps going on and on day after day. But let me refresh you and take a little recap of uh, her past so we can talk about the present and the future. Almost 30 years ago, a shocking incident rocked the nation and dominated the news. In a sleepy Virginia town, Lorena Bobbitt drew global attention when she dismembered her husband, John's private part, with a kitchen knife and threw it out the car window, claiming that he sexually assaulted her. John denied abusing his wife and claimed he was an abused husband. Ultimately, Lorena and John were both charged with separate crimes and then both acquitted. Painted as a vengeful, unhinged wife, Lorena was a punchline on late night shows and in headlines. 
but maintained that she was a terrified and trapped young woman who endured years of alleged domestic abuse and finally snapped. Today, Lorena is an advocate for domestic abuse survivors. She founded the Lorena Gallo Foundation and creates safe spaces for victims, providing the support that she says she needed. Lorena lives with her longtime partner and their daughter in that same small Virginia town where she became infamous decades ago. Her story lives on. I mean, I am freaking out to meet you. I really am. Let me just say one of the things that I really admire about you is that you, you dismembered your husband, you chucked it out the window, you became like the butt of jokes. And when I see you hearing and talking about it, you have a sense of humor. You are in on the joke. You allow people to giggle or be uncomfortable. And, and how do you manage that? Because I, I felt like a punchline too. I was washed up. They're very different circumstances, but I oddly uh, relate a bit to the, the feelings of how do I ever change this narrative about me? Um. Well, it's, uh, it's part of being human to actually, uh, I, I look at my story as this big, tree that turns into branches. Yes, we talk about serious issues like domestic abuse, women's issues, uh, sexual assault, marital rape, but also has a bizarre twist into my own story, which is the, the jokes and also the humor in it. And I said to myself, well, you know, I am human too and I have to learn to live with. And it's very sad not to minimize the horrors that domestic violence implicates on a person uh, because it really drains you not only mentally, uh, physically, but psychologically. Uh, it really takes a big step on, on the women's health and anybody who is a victim of domestic abuse. So to actually separate myself from that and uh, became the punchline of jokes and, um, and people making all kinds of you know, I was basically uh, like a cartoon character um, that, you know, people can't get away from it. So I have to take my, li my life back and uh, basically turn it around. And I said, well, it's, it's part of humans to joke about. It's part of, you know, we live with jokes all around. And, uh, and I had to understand that. And once you understand that part, that, that comes with the nature of being human, then you are, you basically, it's part of the healing process. It took a long time to actually, uh, to get to where I am right now. Um, it's, re it's really um, psychologically, I mean, I have, I'm, I was lucky to have doctors that helped me through go through that process and, uh, you know, to start the healing process. It took years. I mean, I can laugh about it, joke about it now, but, uh, really, it's not a laughing matter when, you know, the more we talk and the more we get involved in, uh, as an advocate um, of domestic abuse, sex, sexual assault, and marital rape. But um, you, I have to create a balance. And uh, when I, I'm, um, I'm a keynote speaker uh, for colleges and um, universities. And when I do that, uh, in order to, for me to reach out and to connect with the young generation, 
you have to basically introduce humor to it. And um, my story has that. And so basically, this is my platform. And um, I utilize it to help others to escape domestic abuse. I, I love that. I love that you are able to humanize and humor. I love that you didn't run away. You still live in the small town. You are a fierce advocate for women. I mean, that is the opposite of hiding. Yes. Uh, there's so many layers. The Jordan Peele documentary um, that is four parts, I recently watched that and I was always um, an admirer of yours, but this documentary was not what I expected. It also was a very long time ago. I was younger. My perspective of it was different back then um, due to age and maturity. I mean, I grew up so fast, but like still, I think society was different then. I think we are putting a new lens yes. on a Absolutely. lot of things. How did we look at things? Where do you think society is now in comparison to where it was then? I think society has helped a lot to um, actually looking through a different lens because the Me Too movement, we have a, you know, a social movement. Uh, we have uh, campaigns like the Why I Stayed um, to help in social media also help, which actually social media is a double-edged uh, sore type of thing because it's a good and it's bad because we can find resources there. I mean, with a click of your finger, I mean, everybody, I mean, who doesn't have a cell phone now these days, right? So they can actually reach out for help and look for resources. But basically, uh, society has uh, changed a lot based on the you know, Me Too uh, and Why State campaigns. And uh, also, um, people have become more empathetic and sympathetic with issues on domestic abuse, sexual assault, and marital rape. All of these women issues and the new generations also, you know, bullying. I mean, you know, it's, it's part of domestic abuse. So, and we have a problem with that too and on social uh, network in the internet, um, you know, with uh, Instagram and Facebook and all of that. So I think society has learned finally, and education is the base, the core of everything. So I, I think it's very powerful to educate, to keep continuing the awareness and educate the public. Okay, we have to go to a quick commercial break, but we're going to come right back and get back into it, find out more with Lorena Gallo um, when we return. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Lorena Gallo, also formerly known as Lorena Bobbitt, having a very candid conversation. I have to ask you, um, how has motherhood affected, I mean, I'm sure you're a real lion, I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah, I'm a mama bear when you come to my family, my child. Um, but um, I think that I'm uh, very nurturing to begin with, and I think motherhood has uh, ignited even more that, uh, you know, a protection um, to women. I've, 
uh, I think that when you have a child, whether it's a little boy, a little girl, I think education has to be, is the foundation of who they are when they're adulthoods. And so we have to um, teach them how to, you know, that this, this is, it's okay to, to learn about sexual education, but also it's okay to learn about healthy, healthy relationships, right? That starts in, in, at home and it starts in, uh, at school. And that's exactly what my foundation do. I reach out to the communities and uh, I reach out to college and universities by doing this, the speeches and forums that I do, educating them about sexual abuse and uh, consent, domestic abuse. So if we're your audience or we're your daughter or we're some of the people you're trying to reach out to, how did you make different choices with your current partner and what do you teach people about what to find acceptable and not acceptable? I think it all becomes with uh, education again, and uh, you know th this is the the very essence of being um, a person who, before you judge somebody, you have to educate them. There's a difference between an, an educated judgment versus an uneducated judgment. So before, you know, there's a lot of, and I I told. You know, even my, my daughter, so when I go to school and I said, look, I mean, you know, this is very important for you to learn. Uh, and also to learn to trust people because you cannot live without your life without trusting anybody. I think there's a very fine line be when you are about to judge something or somebody that, you know, you hear because the news are an opinion of a person who's writing the news not your own. So that's very important to actually understand that. I like that. Leading with trust is a more kind, open-minded, open-hearted way to live. Yes. However, I imagine that you probably are an authority on pattern and behavior. So is that something that you teach to the new generation of specifically what to look out for and not yes except as behavior coming at you. Yes, uh, domestic violence is, is based on um, you know, power and control. And so when you teach that um, behavior and behaviors can be learned and also behaviors can be you know, correct. So when you learn that base, uh, I think it becomes easy and it, it could change. We could actually change society knowing the fact that uh, one out of three women are going to experience domestic abuse in the lifetime, every, every eight seconds a woman gets abused, children get abused. And so to me, that breaks my heart. And uh, I think that education, again, is part of it. If we teach our children, like I said, sexual um, education, we should teach them about uh, healthy relationships. And that is uh, something very important. That's part of why I'm doing this documentaries and I keep doing this documentaries because it's very important to understand that, um, you know, abusers are not gonna let go. And, um, but you also said people can change. Is it more the victim can change or the abuser can change? If they get the right help. Help, yeah. If I mean, when he like came out onto the scene, it was such a bizarre tone. You, if you haven't seen the documentary, I urge you to watch it because it's such an extraordinary journey with each part. Jordan Peele, as he helps tell this narrative, 
keeps you on the hook because you just can't believe the realities of the situation when John Wayne becomes a porn star and celebrates this moment and sort of milks it for money and attention. How did that make you feel? It was devastating because again, how could this person who have hurt me physically, emotional, mentally, could be celebrated by society, right? I did not understand that. And yet, you were offered a million dollars to do Playboy, so equal opportunity in the right. idea to monetize right. this moment. Why did you choose to say no? I realized that you know I can do so much more, and and not to saying that I mean Playboy, they have beautiful pictorials. Yeah. They call no, it. No, I did pictures. it. I can't it's, wait. It's till amazing. My kids in, in, see that issue. It's going to be great. <laughs> no, I'm sure you look super beautiful. psyched about that. I'm sure you look amazing, but but they're mm, beautiful. Yeah. And, and I was I, really free back <laughs> in the day. That's what I was joking about on the nudes. Yes. I was free, and I, you know, we and actually, it's a smart magazine. I mean, Playboy is a very their Q and A is amazing. <laughs> Look, it's a great institution. So yeah, we can have different chapters of my life. Right. But I totally agree with you. I am a very chaste, proper, pillars of appropriate <laughs> mother now. And I'm not gonna lie to my kids, I'm gonna say that's why I am, because I tried everything right. and I found out that ultimately being a good girl is where it's at. But our histories are our histories. Yes. And we cannot hide behind them. And I so respect that you don't hide behind yours and you're out there advocating for women now. I applaud you for that. Thank you so much. In fact, will you please tell us about the Lorena Gallo Foundation? Because I just think you are so amazing. Please tell us about that. Yes, I created uh, the nonprofit organization, which is called Lorena Gallo Foundation, to basically expand awareness against domestic violence, sexual assault, and uh, marital rape. And I reach out to communities and I engage you know, the community uh, through activities that we do. And, uh, it's those forums are amazing to, to actually continue the education um, on the name of uh, Lorena Gallo Foundation. I really admire you. I love that you have taken your life into a direction in service of others. I love that you are fierce, you are a force, you own your past, you don't deny it, you are brave, you are strong, you have a sense of humor, but you have a mission. Yes, And thank you. I. I truly, truly respect that. And I really thank you for this. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. You are so awesome. You can hear more from Lorena in Lorena Escaping Bobbit, airing Sunday, April 24th on Reels. And also check out the Jordan Peele documentary, the four part series that is just phenomenal. And you can find out how to help survivors of domestic abuse. Go to thedrewbarrymoreshow.com to get Lorena's actionability and plan of how you can participate. And also, may I say something else, please? There's a movie about it, it's called um, Lorena. Um, I was Lorena Bobbitt by Lifetime, and um, that just won an Academy Award in the Canadian uh, Award uh, of Cinematography. So it was basically a recognition of the domestic violence that is in the country as well and around the world. We will put that on our website too. Thank, Thank you, you so much. So, so much. much going on. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Lorena Bobbitt. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
are members of our oh, family. I mean, come oh, on. You have I your know. three. I know my little, uh, my uh, Miho. Oh, oh my God, look. Audrey, Selena, Pa Earl. That's right. Pa Earl is the cutest. Yeah. And um, I have my dogs, Douglas and Lucy. I have four rescue cats. Oh, God. Um, six chickens <laughs> and a bearded <laughs> dragon. That's Lucky and Jeremy. That is real. That's your cat with your lizard? That is my cat snuggling with the bearded dragon. Yeah, well, that's how you do. So, how many people here in the audience are pet parents? Come on, you know. Lots of people. Okay, well, we think it's so important to support and protect our pets and their health and their development. And guess what? We're gonna give everyone in the audience a one-year membership to POP, which offers 24-7 support systems for pet parents. Yes, yes. POP gives you they're amazing. They give you unlimited access to licensed vets for any issues, plus a $3,000 safety net for emergency <gasps> vet bills. And if you've ever had a vet bill, you know you're like, oh. So thank you, Pop. Thank you so oh much. Oh, my for God. All of you. Thank you, Pop. And for those who didn't guess it, that's P A W P, Pop. Hey. Okay. All right, everybody, take that in. Thank you for choosing to spend your time with us. We make this show for you. Get one of the most successful broadcasts in television history on your schedule with the 60 Minutes podcast. Hard-hitting investigative reports, news, and culture maker interviews and in-depth profiles are waiting for you in every episode. Listen to 60 Minutes ad-free on Wondery Plus.